0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald.
1: And I am Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. Love it. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us.
1: You can email us. The email address is ignition, I-G-N-I-T-I-O-N, at sfcatholic, dot .org. You can also tweet at us. The Twitter handle is at SFdiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, and the hashtag is Ignition to get you
0: started up. Amen. Uh, again, my name is Chris Bergwald. I'm the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Also, I'm Jermaine's husband for, um, as you're hearing this, almost uh, 18 years. Well, actually, as we're recording this, because they might be hearing this sometime in the future. It's a good point. They might be hearing this after the air date. You're yes. right. We might be forty years married by the time you're listening to this.
1: If MP3s are still a readable, well, that's uh, true. Yeah. Uh, Who knows? S- uh, sound forty years,
0: by then. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We also have five
1: children. <gasps> no, I wasn't was guessing about that. <laughs> that's a bad time to <laughs> guess. I was thinking it also be really cool since we are this does get broadcast on the radio. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if the radio broadcasts are strong enough to get into space, but if they were, <sighs> there could be like if this there is- are like. Extraterrestrial lives, they could hear ignition and like you know four thousand years from Millennia now.
0: Millennia from now. Yeah. We we're broadcasting out into the universe, uh, Father.
1: How's that for movie contact?
0: <laughs> so I was just gonna say, so do you remember, do you remember the first thing that they yeah, the, saw back? Yeah. On contact? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, the, hopefully we're upping the game a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. And you are? I am. Very distracted. I am the Tangent Maestro.
0: (laughs) The Tangent Maestro!
1: I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. I'm a priest of the diocese, uh, ordained for 12 years. I'm the pastor of St. Paul's Parish in White and the director of the Pope Pius XII Newman Center, serving SDSU.
0: And, and I'm gonna uh, sneeze. Gonna gonna sneeze. It's, uh, this is what These are the times when I kind of wish uh, that we we live streamed our recording sessions just to see the ridiculous things that we're doing visually. Mm. Um, Sad news, dear listeners, if you're a regular listener. Maybe it's happy news. I don't know. It's sad for me, at least. (laughs) Um, Party poppers going off all over the place. We're coming to the end of Father Dickinson's tenure as my regular co-host on Ignition. Um, This is the penultimate recording session. Chris must increase. I must decrease. Not necessarily. Three, four, five, six, 326. This is 321, 326. Will be if all goes as planned but for if this you episode. but if
1: you want to get any kind of like last uh like oh, we'd really want to hear Father Andrew and Dr. Bergwald talk about this, you gotta get that in like within like before august twenty seventeen yes. Please so, do. Please yeah. do. Yeah.
0: So this is airing on the 27th of July. Um, if you're listening to it by podcast or on the radio and you've got questions that you're dying to want ne- seriously, the next few days, within the week, get those questions in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before August 1.
0: So also we're going to take advantage of the transition though, as we uh, try to see who, if anybody can step into father's big shoes, um, we're, we're looking at possibly tweaking the format for ignition. Who can fill my cassock? Exactly. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, So if you have ideas, if you want to change how we do things, we might just uh, see if we can find a suitable replacement for Father Dickinson. But if you have an idea, boy, it'd be great if instead of doing it the way you guys do it, you could do this. Let us know what that this is.
1: Yeah. We may not think it's, well, you, it's not we. It's not going to be we at that point, because it's going to be you. I'll just be resigned to the happy status of occasional guest
0: host. Occasional guest co-host. So, uh, take advantage of the fact, though, that... um well, take advantage. I don't know the fact that Father only making advantage making advantage of the fact that Father Father has only a few weeks to go. Uh, one we wanted to take uh, the opportunity to talk about something that Father's been doing in his parish for a mm-hmm. while that has somehow never made it onto ignition. Somehow, somehow it's never made it. But um, not because he hasn't wanted to talk about it. <laughs> huh? Are we saving the best for last? I don't know. Almost. Um, now we're gonna tell we're gonna talk about uh, a distinctive way that father celebrates the mass on occasion at both the Newman Center in Brookings mm-hmm. and at st. Paul's Parish in white mm-hmm. right and even other venues and even other venues and that is saying mass while he's doing a headstand folks it's incredible when you
1: see I take GK fa- <laughs> Chesterton to heart when he says uh, standing on my head to see the world aright
0: amen no father celebrates no I would never do that to the Holy Mass no amen yeah, yeah. Um, that was a joke that was a complete joke and borderline appropriate uh, father celebrates on occasion he celebrates the mass ad orientum so we're going to talk about what that means today what it doesn't mean why father does it um, and go from there and and, Sounds and good. So, uh, first of all, Father, so at Orientum, what, and by the way, you'll, you'll notice this will be a little bit more of an interview format because I, I, I get to participate in the mass, but I never,
1: I'm always at Orientum, come to think about it. You are, actually, yes. yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just, Quit! Uh, Let's <laughs> make a pot shot. I'll, I'll make a pot <laughs> shot right off the bat. No, no, no.
0: So, what do we, when we say "what the heck," it's a, it's a Latin phrase that yes. we're talking about, Father. What is, what is the phrase and what does it mean? Great.
1: So, it's spelled uh, for you. Spell checkers at home. It's uh, spelled a d add a d, not a d d, but a A-D, add a d, which means to or towards. Uh, it's, is that a preposition? grammatically speaking? Yes. Yes, so it's a preposition. And then orientem, uh, orientame, or, orientem. my is correctly, my Latin's really all. Orientem. Orientem. Um, and uh, orientem means to the east, you might have heard the word orient before, which we use in English to talk about the east. And so orientem means ad, uh, ad orientem, O-R-I-E-N-T-E-M, means to to or towards the east and so when you hear about a mass prayed or offered ad orientem it means it's prayed or offered to the east and we'll unpack that a little more but that's just kind of the basic bare bones meaning of the phrase okay so uh
0: the, the word itself of the phrase means to the East, or pray, usually praying to the East. What does it concretely mean when it comes to celebrating the Mass?
1: Right. And what it means concretely is that uh, Father adopts a specific physical posture for some of his prayers, and or for the prayers, I should say, of the Mass. And so the the language of the Mass includes several different things. There's words of dialogue between priest and people. Right. There's words of proclamation, and then there's words of prayer. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's probably not a, a – liturgist could probably quibble with that, but I think that's a pretty simple yeah. description. So, words of dialogue are, you know, like, the Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit. Right.
1: So, it's a dialogue between the priest and the, uh, the, the people that are there. Okay. And then uh, the words of proclamation would be just the scriptures announced in that regard. And then the words of prayer are the words addressed to the Lord. Right. Right, where uh, father stands as a bridge between the people and uh, our Lord, and so in those moments he's representing the people to God, right? Of prayers, he offers prayers to uh, the Holy Trinity on behalf of the people of God, mm-hmm. uh, and so in those moments in a mass that's offered ad orientem, uh, those prayers typically are offered towards uh, a what we call a liturgical east or towards a direction. Right. So there you can think of the idea of orienteering. Right. Uh, what's orienteering mean in English or for those of you with Boy Scouts? Oh, uh, where well, you're following the map and you're going, you're charting a course. Right. You're following a certain direction. Yep. Right. And so to have your orientation is to have a direction. Uh, and so, at the same way in Mass, ad orientum is offered towards a symbolic representation of the presence of God in the midst of the community, such as the altar, such as a crucifix, such as a. Uh, Ornate, rare dose, maybe a fine piece of art or Wait, something an of ornate sort. what? A rare dose. That's what a lot of people call a high altar. Okay, okay. Right, so that'd be like the structure on top of an altar table. Okay. Uh, that church is like, uh, Holy Rosary in Kransberg has a beautiful uh, rare dose. Okay. Or St. Augustine in Okay. Uh, has a beautiful rare dose, you okay. know. Um St. Joseph's Cathedral has a smaller but beautiful rare dose. That's like the marble one, but that's a lot because it's separated from the altar of sacrifice by a little distance. So, uh, but again, so those words of prayer is typically added, offered uh, to the Lord, but in that direction. Now, every Mass that's being prayed is being prayed spiritually to the Lord. Right. But this just takes the physical posture uh, and a way that more concretely expresses what's going on in the prayers and the substance of the mass. Okay. If that makes sense? It does. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whereas like the typical mass like that I grew up with and I still celebrate most of the time, it would be called ad populum, uh, which means towards the people, to the people. Uh, And so there, the physical posture of the priest varies little during the mass, whether he's offering words of dialogue, the Lord be with you, or he's actually offering the prayers of uh, the mass uh he still see, physically is facing towards the people and appears to be in a dialogue with them right whereas but the actual dialogue partner at the points of the eucharistic prayer the collect the offertory the post communion prayer things of that sort the actual dialogue partner is the lord right
0: so colloquially, what a lot of people, so if you're still like, what exactly are we talking about here? Yeah. The way that a lot of people describe this is, at our intum is where the priest turns his back to the people. Correct, correct. There's a lot of people think, oh, Father say, said mass with his back to the people. Right, and that's, we're hoping, we're gonna to continue to unpack this, but we're hoping, I, I hope that in what Father just said, you understand that it's not about God, who God is, who, sorry, who the priest is turning his back to, quote-unquote, I right. mean, air quotes going. It's more about how he, with the people, are facing a common direction that is symbolically toward the Lord.
1: Right. Uh, and, and, and again, that's the point of that, is, is who, am I, who am I going towards? It? And who are, I think, part of the reasonableness of a Mass offered at ad orientum and part of its historical roots and its goodness is that it's physically expressing what the prayers themselves are doing.
0: Okay, I'll say more about that.
1: Well, uh, just that the prayers themselves are a, a pleading, a conversation, a presentation of uh, the people of earth, <laughs> people of earth, uh, <laughs> of the people on this planet, of, of you and me, uh, to the Lord, uh, looking for his grace, his help, his assistance. Right. And so it's us going to him. Right. In that regard, right? does that? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, so go ahead. And because well, the pra- and because the prayers and the language of the prayer is already doing that to have the physical posture express that.
0: Right, right. I, what, when you first start talking about, as I was mindful because I uh, was thinking about and talking with a friend about this several months ago, but the role of a, of a priest in general, even a pagan priest, mm-hmm. is always to offer mediation. Right. between the people and the deity right so our priest our priest ultimately is jesus christ but you our participate in in his priesthood yeah. and therefore in him you do you are offering mediation between the people and our lord our god right and this posture uh when a prayer when when the when the prayers of the mass are are just that when their prayers is addressed to god this posture of you leading us to god is reflected in a real way
1: right and so I, and And the impression to me and i think to those uh to a lot of people who've experienced at st paul's and at the newman center is that it is a uh very authentic expression of what's already going on in the prayers themselves right right now there's some people that uh don't like it i'm sure you'd find people that haven't liked it um because then they go back to that erroneous idea but it's still their impression that uh father's turning his back on others right in that regard and they're more emphasizing that aspect when that is not what's going on right uh in in that regard
0: it's it's no more um it's no more fair or right to say that uh a mass celebrated orientum is um the priest turning his back on his people than it is to say that a mass celebrated ad
1: populum is the priest praying to god in me right Or that the priest is turning his back on God uh, in the the tabernacle tabernacle. behind him. Right. And it's interesting because there was a bishop, I won't say where, uh, in the past, before I was a priest for the past 15, 20 years, who remodeled his cathedral, and he removed the tabernacle from behind the altar and into a separate uh, side chapel because he didn't like saying Mass with his back to God. When, like... The obvious question would be, why didn't you just celebrate the Mass at Orientum? Right. You know, in that right. way. But anyways, yeah. they didn't consult me you know, 15 <laughs> years ago. Who would have thought? Probably, probably wouldn't consult me now.
0: Uh You, in case you went, what are they talking about? And who are these people? Uh, You're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the New Evangelization. I'm Chris Bergwald. I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we're talking today about um, Father's practice uh, on occasion throughout the church here of celebrating Mass Ad Orientum and what that means and what does it mean and and why he does it and so on. Um, If you've got questions about today's episode, you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org or you can tweet us at sfdiocese. use the hashtag ignition. So Father... Um, so this, this change in postures is basically what, um, ad means. So what language do you say the mass in English or Spanish?
1: So what you, so it's, not, um, it doesn't have to be. So a lot of people might think, oh, this is going to be just like the, uh, pre-Vatican two mass. No, it's the mass of the missile of the current missile. Uh, the postures, the gestures, the words, the exchange is the same, but uh, the only posture I should say that's different is uh, the direction to which uh, the priest is offering the prayers. Right. Okay. So it's, it's, it's in I many just offer ways. And pre- I, I, in many ways, I just offer the prayers in the same direction you are already offering.
0: Right. Them right. In the pews. Okay. So it's, it's much like the mass that we celebrate. It's not the traditional Latin mass no. or the extraordinary form. Which is
1: good and wonderful uh, in and of itself. Um, I'm too busy to learn it right. at this point. <laughs> um but uh uh part of the reason i'm dropping well no that's not the reason I'm dropping, anyways um i'm busy that's why i'm no longer doing ignition um soon but uh so yeah so it's 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 the same mass like a lot of the same music and things like that that we normally do at our parish it's just this posture is different
0: okay so why did you start doing it
1: you know that's a good question it came out of actually things like spiritual direction and uh talking and, and emphasizing the spiritual life okay Uh, and so we just did a, uh, episode 320 of Ignition was on, uh, spirituality and doctrine. Right. Okay. And that one of the importance of the spiritual life is to grow in our daily lived awareness of the presence of God in the world. Right. And that's been very much my mission and my, that's been a lot of my conversion, uh, from like when I was first in college, it's like, wow, God is real and he's here and these things. And also part of my mission then as a priest is try to bring the reality of God and for people's eyes to be open to see that God is here and present with us in a daily way that Jesus is not dead but he's alive uh which is the core proclamation of the gospel right and in that as I began to just kind of grow in my knowledge about things about the mass and the history of the mass and things like that this idea of the mass offered in this orientation uh, towards the East, towards the liturgical East, not a, it doesn't have to be a compass East. Yep. It's a, so the architecture of the building has an East yep. to it, we'd say. Um, so like at St. Joseph's Cathedral, the East would be the West right. on the compass, right. but that'd be the direction that, uh, an ad orient mass would be offered. But it just, it, I found a great correspondence to this idea of like, this is what I'm preaching about is like, turn to the Lord. Turn right. towards the Lord, turn right. towards the Lord, face Jesus. Where's Jesus in your life? Are you turning towards him? Are you finding him? Are you seeking him? He's seeking you, but why don't you just, all you have to do is turn to him in a sense. And uh, just finding that this would be a beautiful opportunity and it's very simple opportunity, just moving some candlesticks uh, to physically express what I'm preaching. Mm. You know, and there's the idea that more is caught than taught. Right, right. More as caught than taught, and so to physically do this in a way, um, so as to bring people into this this notion that God is real and He's here right now. He's here at all moments of your life, and all we need to do is turn towards Him. Mm. He's the active partner in this conversation, because um, I don't think this was, I don't think this was an intention of the ad populum posture but I think one of the tendencies of an ad postulant posture is when the priest is facing the people, it seems like a closed circle, right? You know, a closed conversation. So you think of coming into a busy room and there's a group of like four people having a conversation a circle and it makes a big difference of whether they open you to the conversation or they don't open to the conversation. Does that make sense? Yep. yep. I don't know if that's a, a good vision for the listeners, but you know, when they open you into that, it makes a difference. Um, and so, in this way, uh, the the mass and kind of the way that I grew up experiencing it, it was very much seemed like there's the people in a conversation with themselves, right. priest and people in a conversation with themselves, whereas the ad orientum seems to be that the priest and the people are together in conversation with the Lord. Right. Uh, and and so, from that spiritual aspect, that was the real impetus, that was the real drive for it. Okay. And that's what I hope it continues to deepen. Uh, and reflect in that way. But you don't always do it then? No. Um, And that's for, in some ways, I probably would like to do it all the time. Mm. Um, But I I work in a college ministry, and so that means I change about a third of my parish each year. Right. With uh, graduation and things like that. And people come from all sorts of environments, and so I need to try and get them in and get them adapted. And so that's why we kind of have a seasonal use of it. And then in my country parish i've typically used it although i'm actually kind of thinking about it uh just talking to them more about uh maybe just doing it more regularly mm. uh there and they've been decently responsive to it there's been no uh exodus mm. uh in the pews uh, or in the collection basket um and so they seem to be okay with it so when do you do it like, uh, right now i do it to uh, advent and christmas christmas yep oh just okay i thought lent too nope, no just Advent and christmas advent christmas season okay. and so um lent's a little goofy with spring break sure Sure, that makes sense. Uh and so college problems hashtag. Um <laughs> But uh, uh yeah, so right now it's Advent and Christmas. Um actually are like Christ the King, so the Sunday before Advent. Okay, that's when you start. Yep. Okay. Um and this time I'd even like I was kinda of toying with uh did it, did it did it did it did it breaking news. I'm toying with uh starting maybe on uh, All Saints Day.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, going so so a little bit of, further. Yeah. Yep.
1: Um but again with that idea of you know trying to uh have just trying to physically act out what we're, what what I'm preaching and also what my focus missionaries are working on, on the campus. Mm. Jesus is here and in your life and he wants to be in relationship with you. Um, and so that's really where it came from, comes from in that way. And, uh, and also too, I think for me, there's actually a different interior experience of saying the mass. And so like, if there's uh, any brother priests, I would listen to this, you know, uh, I'd say just give it a shot, because I think it's a different experience of how you say the Mass. Right. And uh, our recent popes, uh, Benedict Francis, talk about things like, use the phrase, ars celebrandi, right? The, the art of celebrating the Mass. And you can take that to an extreme. Um, like anything, there can be an... Uh, uh, virtue is always in the mean, and there yep. could be an exaggeration to excess and to uh, deficiency. But... Um, This idea just that there's a, there's a little different freedom in your own ability to just be offering the sacrifice where I know that people aren't looking at me. Right. You know, and actually most people aren't really looking at you too much. Like, it's not like everyone's like eyes front and people often have their eyes down. It's very, it's actually an interesting expression of modesty. Mm. That it's kind of an intimate prayer. Right. I think. Uh, for the priest to be saying words, this is my body, right. this is my blood. Right. And I think many people's experiences that their eyes are often in a in a modest way down turned down. Right. Um, I know your own experience yep. in the pews that way, and yep. then often maybe looking up at the elevations. Yep,
0: that's exactly what I do.
1: Um, but I think the ad orientum just gives you, as a priest, a kind of a greater interior freedom to uh, more actually participate in the words, uh, that the priest is, uh, that the church
0: gives him. Has there any been, and it sounds like probably not, but has, has there been anybody who's approached you and has struggled with it and, and not in an angry or just, uh, irrational way, but who, who sincerely wants to enter into that, but has just struggled with that. Have you had any, based on your experience? Not to,
1: not to my recollection so far. Okay. And so most people, uh, um,
0: because I'm trying to think of how, what sort of counsel you would have given or you might give to yeah. somebody who's who's struggling. So I think of people, especially from generations that were maybe children or older right. prior to the council, and then they still, I've talking to them, they they have a negative attachments right. to Adrian. I
1: think, you know, if someone w- with that negative attachment, one yeah. of my first counsels, someone would be, okay, if you've had a, I don't want to deny, maybe like a painful experience right. of a bad priest or a priest with very little attention to the liturgy, I talked with my mom this morning about—my uh, uh, mom wasn't raised Catholic, but in her town, they knew that uh, Father would say the 8 a.m. Sunday Mass in less than 22 minutes <laughs> because— <laughs> She uh, was
0: not even Catholic and she knew that. Yeah,
1: she knew that because uh, she, her parents ran a motel hotel with a, with a little diner and that the Catholics would be in for Sunday morning breakfast at like 8.22. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and so I'm not sure that's exactly a like transcendent personal encounter. Now, some people might be wishing they had that. You're like, Father, you know, your homilies go on too long. Um, But uh, uh, yeah, and so just to acknowledge that there is hurt, that there is real challenge in that way, and so, but there should be a prayer for healing and uh, a recovery of that.
0: Okay, okay. So you've sort of, um, you've sort of already answered this. I was going to ask why why do you do it or why would a priest celebrate this way but you sort of already touched on this mm-hmm. this explaining why you started it but is there anything else that you would say no
1: i, I think well i will say i was kind of emboldened actually by uh, a priest of our diocese who's uh now a bishop and serving as a papal nuncio and he would talk in his blog how he uh, started making that the regular habit of his masses now i mean if he goes to a different church he doesn't as so they rearrange things to do it right. that way, but for his own masses and with like uh, the the small office that he runs and the people that are at the service of his mission as the Pope's ambassador, that he would be celebrating the masses that way on a regular basis, and just the own just his own personal freedom of saying the mass in that way was really pretty moving and very encouraging that mm. way just to hear his perspective in that way.
0: So he was already doing it, and
1: that. Right, and him just kind of blogging about the experience of that uh, was encouraging, and uh, and I'm grateful to him for being open about that.
0: Okay, okay. Um, Obviously, you you already said you don't do it year-round. Any other reasons why... Well, well, why not do it, I guess, is the, the question that I was going to. Yeah. What are the di- difficulties, obstacles? You mentioned concretely yeah. reasons why you don't do it all the time.
1: Yeah. I can I just go back to one other positive thing? Yeah. And what, the other positive thing for me is just like when I think about the liturgy theologically yeah. and what is theologically being done in the Catholic Mass, to me, that posture makes the most sense. Okay. And most arguments I know for ad populum Mass are really more arguments out of a practicality Okay. to allow people to see things. Okay. Right. in that regard. And so, I've been looking for, trying to find a theological grounding for the idea of an ad populum mass, uh, and I can't find it and haven't found it. I've been honestly asking some priests that I know that studied liturgy, like in the 1970s, when uh, a these changes are being made and I haven't been able to find like a, a clear response in that
0: regard. Okay. Um, so to be able to see, the thing that occurs to me that way, um, Eastern Catholics, like in Orthodox, mm-hmm. if you've ever been to a e- divine liturgy- The iconostasis. Been, yeah. So basically this looks like a gate, if you will, inside church. And mm-hmm. for what we understand to be the Eucharistic prayer, it's closed and yep. you don't see anything. Nope. So. Yeah.
1: Um, and then as far as why not do it, you know, uh, for any priest- you don't want to just ram things down someone's throat. Sure. You know, you want to maybe, if you want to move towards something, you educate, you see how people respond, you move towards it, but it's a progress, it's a, it's a path, it's a pilgrimage, it's not an instantaneous thing. Right. And again, that just goes back to a general lesson about our humanity, is that we don't just do things overnight. Right. Uh, anything that grows quickly is a monster and will surely die. Right. Uh, as Peter Crave says. And so, um... You know, the reason not to do it would be, you know, there's other things to worry about at the parish first to get there. But then, you know, just so we're getting towards the point of building good worship is, would be a reason I wouldn't do it right away at a church.
0: And that's why you celebrate Mass at Orientum. Yeah. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition, at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us, at SFDiocese, use the hashtag Ignition, if you've got questions about what we discussed today or ideas for future episodes.
1: Until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.